You're listening to Dance Tips Daily. I'm Danny Albertina, and this is the podcast where I read to you, with the author's permission, articles, blogs, and excerpts that inspire growth within your dance journey. As a dancer, choreographer, and educator myself, I'm passionate about curating information that helps you become a more well-rounded and grounded creative. This is the daily routine to help you reach your dance dreams. If you're ready to spend a little time getting a little better each day, let's dance in. This is episode number 404, featuring danceplug.com. Five lessons learned from training at home this past year. It's October 9th, 2021, and we have a self-love Saturday tip for you here at Dance Tips Daily. Let's dance on into our blog written by Christy Chand of Dance Plug. Last May, I wrote an article for Dance Plug, 10 Supplemental Skills You Learn from Dancing at Home. I remember feeling optimistic as evident in the final sentence. In quotes, your inner artist and your future audience may end up appreciating this time as one of the exploring, learning, and nurturing new skills that you may not have placed the time or attention on developing before. End quote. Over this last year, through many lessons learned, new perspectives have emerged. So I'm revisiting this article to reflect on my time dancing, teaching, and training at home. My time at home has enabled me to see the value in rest. First, I'll tell you a little about my year. As a professor at a California university, I haven't taught or danced in a studio since mid-March last year. I recall going from sharing studio space with many sweaty dancers at the American College Dance Association Conference at CSU Long Beach on Saturday, with some extra hand sanitizer bottles and bleach wipes present, to being told to go home from campus and prepare for a virtual spring quarter a week later. What now feels like years ago is remarkably only a little over a year removed, and I'm still teaching virtually. I'm also preparing to teach for two virtual summer dance intensives. This time of training at home isn't over. In fact, some lessons learned might need to stick around for a while. As an addendum to my original article, here are five more things I've learned while dancing at home. Number one, I no longer have to go to the studio to move, train, and feel that release one experiences in dance class. I like to dance big, like really big. Traveling through space is my jam, and dancing in a small area used to be a top three challenge for this body. Not anymore. Though dancing big will always be my preference, whether I'm in a studio or at a club. I have found joy in minimal and gestural movement, shifting my focus to the intent, flow, weight, time, and initiation specificity has opened a new door in my movement invention vault. Regarding training, I utilize some basic kinesiology knowledge involving planes of movement to hyper-focus on joint stability and pass this along to my students. After first expressing displeasure due to immense muscular soreness, most of my students have admitted to appreciating and even liking these new exercises. One example of a stability increasing exercise of the hip joint is this. Stand on one leg in parallel with a slight bend in the knee. Focus on the standing leg, 
The leg off the ground can be in a coupe or just held casually off the floor. Use the external and internal rotators to move from parallel to turned out in quotes or external rotation eight to 10 times, transverse slash horizontal plane motion. After returning to parallel, using the gluteus medius, lift the hip of the leg that is off of the floor, then return to neutral, frontal plane motion. Lastly, flex at the hip joint and return to neutral, sagittational plane motion. Repeat on the other side. Number two, cross-training my way to a clean house. I am a big fan of functional training in addition to dancing. As one who has dealt with several injuries, see number four below, and has spent a lot of time in physical therapy, I see value in varying stressors in addition to the repetition dance requires. During this time at home, I searched for supplemental movement modalities and found some pretty fun ways to combine housework with training. For instance, climbing my stairs on repeat while carrying a full laundry basket is a great way to strengthen my legs, increase my heart rate, and isometrically challenge my arms. And my laundry gets done. While cleaning my shower, I scrub 10 circles inward, followed by 10 circles outward. Vacuuming becomes an exercise in speed and precision while blasting some tunes through my noise-canceling earbuds. Voila, a clean house and a cross-trained body. Number three, rest is best. Rest doesn't come easy to me. Even though I'm a proponent of listening to one's body and modifying when necessary in class, I often disregard my advice and keep pushing through. A good friend of mine likes to tell the story of that one time in ballet class when I left the studio during the break between bar and center to remove a portion of an ingrown toenail. Upon returning, my sweaty pale face prompted him to inquire what I had done, and he's never shy to tell the tale. While many dancers may have viewed the immediate time after minor self-surgery as an appropriate time to rest, I plowed through the rest of class as if nothing had happened. There's more in college. I broke my arm on stage about seven minutes into a 20-minute piece. I finished the dance, went to the emergency room in full stage makeup, then came back and performed with my arm in a cast in the evening show. The professor still tells that story to students. These are just two of the many, many other examples I'm sure more than a few of you can relate to. Getting to the point, my time at home has enabled me to see the value in rest. With the space under my roof now being deemed my office, studio, gym, and home, I had to separate these portions of the day to avoid a constant work state. Like many of you, I found my time puzzling, reading, and even some paint-by-number kits to be restful for my body and mind and now prioritize in quotes me time on most days. Some days, this me time is only a few minutes. Still, I found that even this minimal time decreases my feelings of anxiety and stress and allows for better use of my body the next time I complete planned activities like dancing or exercising. Number four, choosing when I want to dance. Since I was three years old, like many of you, I followed a schedule at the community center, then studio, then school, then university, then work, then teaching, then there's always been a set time when I teach, go to dance class, or rehearse. When given a choice to instruct synchronously or asynchronously during this past year plus, I chose to let my students decide when they wanted to dance by teaching through video recordings and written prompts. 
This asynchronous method of instruction also meant that I got to choose when I wanted to teach and dance. For the first time, my set schedule was no longer. At first, this felt odd, but now I quite enjoy teaching when I want to teach. Once in-person instruction resumes, this agency will fade and my scheduled life will return. However, what will remain is my ability to pick and choose when I want to take class and when I want to dance. Now that I have experience taking classes at home, I can continue listening to my internal motivation instead of abiding by those voices in my head that tell me I, in quotes, should or in quotes, need to be in class. Number five, a renewed relationship with dance improvisation. I find myself moving more within my house. Ballet bar exercises using my kitchen counter are the perfect companion to a slow cooking pasta sauce. These are not choreographed. They are improvised moments of movement in response to the ideal height of my kitchen counter bar. My hallways provide long, narrow spaces for sagittal locomotion. My shower becomes an investigation in gestural speed while I shampoo and condition my hair. The pairing of my kitchen floor and favorite socks turn the time waiting for water to boil into an opportunity to move without picking up my feet. Not one to ever shy away from a chance to improv. This style had yet to invade my home fully. Now I can't stop. This time of reflection has renewed my optimistic views and new perspective towards the benefits of dancing at home. With much happening in our world at a speed that can feel overwhelming, I encourage you to also take some time to reflect on how your relationship with dance has shifted, changed, or altered over the past year. Thank you so much to danceplug.com, as well as Christy Chan for giving us permission to share their insightful blog with y'all today. Make sure to check out the show notes as both Danceplug and Christy's information is there. I can feel Christy's optimism through just reading her words. Even though I've never met her in person before, I really appreciate that she has the capability of somehow always seemingly finding that silver lining. Despite circumstances like, oh, just a minor global pandemic, I also very much appreciated that she gave her students the space and time to take class on their own. Recognizing that we all handled this time in different ways and that a one-size-fits-all approach that we may have been using prior within our dance classes wouldn't necessarily work for this transformative time. So first and foremost, kudos to Christy and kudos to other educators out there. You're the leaders that your students immediately look up to. And even though you might have felt like you didn't know what was going on throughout the year, you still showed up and still created a space for your students to explore and learn. So hats off to you, to your adaptability and your creativity throughout the process. One of the ways that Christy showed herself love throughout this downtime was deciding when to take class for her. Rather than, as she said, taking class from the standpoint of, in quotes, I should be taking class. Today, I challenge you to ask yourself that same question. Are you doing anything in your schedule, maybe today or tomorrow, solely because you think you, in quotes, should do it? What does it mean when you think you should be doing something? Is it coming from society standards, maybe our system standards, whether that's family, friends, or is it truly something that you want to do for yourself? If not, 
I challenge you to explore what you can fill your time with, even if it's just for five minutes, for something that'll fill your cup instead. And if you've already scheduled in your self-love time throughout these next few days, kudos to you. That being said, that's your short and sweet tip for the day. I hope you enjoyed, and as always, happy dancing. Thanks for listening today, and tune back in tomorrow for more short and sweet dance tips. If you're looking for a deeper dive, check out the bonus episodes released the first of every month where I interview those in our field who keep our industry moving and grooving. If you're still wanting more or looking for a little extra direction in dancing towards your dance dreams, head to our website to get your free goals planner. Oh, and if you like what you're hearing, please dance those fingers across your keyboard and give DTD a rating or a review. Happy dancing.